Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 208, Listen to What You Are Saying. It's February 8th, 2024. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and whatnot. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any fashion. There is no longer any music for my podcast intros or outros. I invite you to get other podcasters and social media content creators to ditch the music when combined with voice because that would be inclusive for people who are hard of hearing or have hearing loss. End of non-musical intro. Listen to what you are saying. Oh my goodness, people. I hope you enjoyed this this podcast. I certainly have enjoyed the process I'm going to lay out for you. Before I break this apart, visit my website, enter my giveaway. As I mentioned in the podcast intro, nothing I say in any form, in any fashion ever is designed or intended to be medical or therapy advice. I do currently have transcripts for my podcasts on rss.com. I'm not happy with them. I'm working on it. Work in progress. I'll let you know when it's resolved. If you are feeling hopeless or suicidal right now, or you have been in the previous days, weeks, months, please stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. Please make that call or text. Okay, listen to what you are saying. Well, I have been, (laughs) I personally have been fascinated my entire life by what people are saying, what people are thinking, literally since a young age. We know from my junior high yearbooks (laughs) and what people wrote in them. One one girl in particular wrote about, I, I kept talking to her about her defeatist attitude. And interestingly enough, later in high school, when I was reading an assertiveness handbook, I was fascinated that people were kind of horrified that I was reading an assertiveness handbook and I couldn't understand why they were saying that and what they were thinking. And actually, as it turns out, what they were thinking is some of them thought that I would become aggressive. They equated assertiveness with aggression. Now, I have to say in 2024, unfortunately, the dictionary definition of assertive still does contain the word aggressive. It has the phrase, one of the dictionary definitions has the phrase aggressively self-assured, which is absolutely not what assertiveness is, if anybody understands that. So I have this fascination with people and what people are saying from a young age. And generally speaking, we don't usually or often pay attention to what we are actually saying, not to the level I'm suggesting or pointing to. This topic and content will heighten your self-awareness and this will be much easier if you can enroll a friend, a buddy, a trusted confidant, someone you trust to engage in this process with you. Oftentimes, we as human beings function at a somewhat unconscious level. 
Now, for many people or some people, their, their thinking is scattered. They have trouble managing and processing their emotions, which can leave them feeling depressed or anxious, overthinking, brooding, ruminating, catastrophizing, or tanked. And they're not necessarily aware of what's going on. Paying close attention to the words and statements that come out of your mouth can be extremely valuable. You may be somebody who already does this. Good for you. I'm very proud of you. I'm happy for you. It is not, however, the drift of most of humanity. So the thing about what comes out of your mouth is that sometimes, or very often, what really comes out of your mouth is a clue to what is going on in your subconscious or unconscious mind, which is a huge gift. It's like gold. I mean, it's like gold if you pick it up and treasure it and examine it and use it to your advantage. Otherwise, it's just something from your subconscious. So my strongest suggestion to have you be the most successful in this in this process is really to have at least one person who will engage in this with you trusted people okay we're, we're all learning that there are people who drill holes in your boats there are people doing smear campaigns you got your haters but in my experience having done this process on more than one occasion this is going to be I, I just don't know if you could do it by yourself quite honestly. I think you're, you're really the only way to do it is with someone else. Now, I, I did talk about in my podcast on self-care and self-compassion how I invited my young children, they were young at the time, to uh, help me catch myself when I was taming my inner critic. So I had healthy standalone self-esteem, but I had an inner critic, which I was not aware of and hadn't tamed. And that would pop up every now and then. My children loved it. They just were enamored with the idea of helping mommy and helping mommy catch herself as she wasn't being so nice to herself. So I've engaged in this process when I was taming my inner critic. And I also engaged in this process with a trusted friend many years ago when we were engaging in reading uh, healing, enlightening, whatever self-help books we were looking at back in the time. So what can you learn? Well, you can learn about yourself, your attitudes, your mindsets, what's in your subconscious or unconscious mind, beliefs you have, decisions you've made, expectations, including disempowering attitudes or beliefs that you might not be aware that you had. This has a huge amount of potential in the realm of self-awareness and self-discovery. Self-awareness, which I highly recommend, is the cornerstone and foundation for emotional intelligence. I think what would be most helpful is to illustrate what I'm talking about with a, with a series of statements. So I'm just going to read some statements. You listen to the statements. These are, these are everyday conversation <laughs> statements, by the way. You might or might not say them, but these are things people say every day. And then I'll come back and take a second pass at the statements to give you some what, what, might, be, what it might be. All right. Number one, I don't have enough. I don't have enough money, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough energy, I don't have enough resources, I don't have enough. Two, I have everything I need. Three, 
if I reach my goal of dot 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 four, when I reach my goal of dot 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 five, I can't win, six, I should have known better, seven, they take up all my time or they take up all my energy, eight, I wish I was better at that, nine, people can't see my value, ten, they have more than I do, eleven, I can't catch a break and 12 I'll never be able to do that I'll never be able to have that I'll never excel at that etc so there's 12 everyday statements that people say in conversation you know that I know that so let's take a look the first two statements are a contrast in a mentality the first statement was I don't have enough I don't have enough money I don't have enough time I don't have enough energy and the second statement was, I have everything I need. The first statement reveals a scarcity mentality or a potential scarcity mentality. One statement in and of itself doesn't mean you have a certain mentality. You have to look at everything together, people. So I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time could be pointing to a scarcity mentality saying in the second statement, I have everything I need. That's not saying I have everything I want, I have everything I desire. That's saying I have everything I need. That would be more from an abundance mentality. I do have a podcast on scarcity versus abundance, which is powerful in my humble opinion. It's way more empowering and takes advantage of your mind and all kinds of things if you can come from an empowering belief, an empowering attitude over one of lack or scarcity. Number three and four, if I reach my goal of dot, 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 and four, when I reach my goal of. Many times people use the word if relative to a goal, an objective, or a wish or desire because they haven't obtained the goal, the end result, etc., which is understandable. I'm not trying to be critical of the way you speak. I'm trying to point out the predictive power of language so that you can use language to improve your life and change your thinking. The, the, the next statement, when I reach my goal of, has a powerful, positive, predictive value. Not if I reach my goal, it's when I reach my goal. I completely understand that it's it's a stretch for many or most people to say when I reach my goal when they haven't reached it. I I understand that people. I do understand that. Yet at the same time, there are many things within your mind that will kick into gear if you're using positive predictive language. Number 5, I can't win. People say that all the time. That's a disempowering attitude or belief which could come from the subconscious it could be the story it could be a lot of things number six I should have known better that's an example of self-criticism which you know we all have an inner critic that many people haven't tamed their inner critic and we have more people who have low self-esteem or tend to tend to be very self-critical but it's a it's a not an empowering view of yourself plus oftentimes when people say i should have known better they're kind of thinking they're looking back at the past 
and and looking back at the past with knowledge they have now that they didn't have then so it's an unfair comparison or an unfair judgment number seven they take up all my time they take up all my energy they take up all my money whatever that statement has the ring of a victim mentality I'm not saying that the person who said that is playing the victim, but it certainly has a clear ring of possible victim mentality, which is not helpful to you. Not helpful to be the victim. Now, you may have been the target of abuse for sure, but you don't have to have a victim mentality, even if you were subject to a crime or an unfair treatment or abuse or what have you. Number eight, I wish I was better at that. Again, that could point to, could, operative word could, could point to self-criticism. On the other side, it could be someone thinking to themselves out loud, hmm, yes, I wish I was better at that. I think I'll put that on my list. Like, you know, so just have to look at everything in the total picture. Number nine, people can't see my value. Well, no. Number one, people do say that to me, and and sadly, in some cases, I feel like it's true, but that's a disempowering attitude of belief. Number 10, they have more than I do. That could be pointing to a scarcity mentality, could be. It could, it definitely is comparing yourself to others, which usually doesn't go well. I do have a podcast on comparing yourself to others, which usually, it just usually is not done in a positive way. Number 11, I can't catch a break. Well, we have people who believe that they can't catch a break. There are some people who look at me and think, she can't catch a break and I'm feeling like I've got this miraculous life and they're looking at my life thinking I can't catch a break and it's a mismatch. (laughs) It's a total mismatch. Well, that's projection on their part. But so I can't catch a break. Disempowering attitude or belief could be something else. Number 12, I'll never be able to do that. I'll never be able to have that. I'll never excel at that. That's a predictive language of failure. It could also be a disempowering attitude or belief, but it's not an empowering way to language a view of something because it provides the future that you haven't stepped into. So I have already created some very critical content to support this podcast in terms of value and significance so that you get the complete idea and and significance of what I'm saying. So I am urging you, if you have not listened to these five podcasts, go back and listen to them because they are extremely important. Now, if you've already listened to them, I might also suggest go back and listen to them again because you will hear something different. Every time you hear some new material, you can only take in so much. So if you listen to <coughs> excuse me, new material a second time, it's very likely you'll pick up something else. So number one, your subconscious and unconscious mind. That podcast is very, very important because your subconscious and unconscious mind are the driver of your life. We mostly don't have access to our subconscious and unconscious mind and thinking unless you do certain activities, which I do talk about some of that in the podcast on your subconscious, unconscious mind. It would be valuable for you to understand this piece of your mind because it represents 
somewhere between 90 to 95% of your mind. Number two, the power of your mind. I, I, first of all, I love the podcast, The Power of Your Mind, uh, primarily because of some of the new research from that I found in PubMed uh, from Bruce Lipton. At the same time, like you as a human being, if you really understood the power of your mind, you might want to harness it. It's my hope you would, it's my hope you'd want to harness it because in the podcast of The Power of Your Mind, we talk about, I talk about the research and how valuable it is for you to understand this and how it could change your life. It could change your health. It could change everything. Number three, influences on your thinking. This is a very interesting podcast I recently did that talks about 16 different influences on how you think, which we're not also talking about out in real life. People think differently and there are many influences on our thinking, much of which we're not aware of. It would be helpful and potentially significant for you to understand what influences your thinking. Number four, empowering attitudes or beliefs. And number five, learning to control your mind. Those are the five podcasts that have the most significant content that supports what I'm saying in this podcast about listening to what is coming out of your mouth. What are you saying out loud? Now, I recently learned from the research a little interesting tidbit, which is our emotions are preceded by a thought or thoughts. That in in and of itself underscores what I am saying about the power of your mind, understanding your unconscious and subconscious mind, understanding what influences your thinking, because whatever influences your thinking, is it is the thinking that precedes an emotion. Now, once you think about it, of course it makes sense that a thought precedes emotion. It just makes logical, complete sense. So much of what we do in life, now I'm going to just, talk about the brain for a moment. Much of what we do in life is repetitive. We go to work the same way. We eat, sometimes people eat the same lunch every day, or they go to the same five restaurants, or, you know, you brush your teeth with the, the same hand. You do a lot of things in life repetitively without really giving a lot of thought to it, which is normal. And it is also a setup of the brain to conserve energy. Your brain is always on. Your brain uses the most energy of any other organ in your body. It's always on. For the brain to do real actual thinking in your conscious mind requires, I mean, it's been years since I read it, probably like something like 80% more energy. So there's a huge energy conservation for your brain to go to the same five restaurants or to order the same meal at a restaurant or to go to work at the same, the same route. You know, like there's a huge energy conservation for your brain. And, and this exercise I'm suggesting 
involves real thinking and energy from your brain, which may leave you feeling a little tired or, or make you sleepy. So that's important for you to understand. And it's also important for you to understand that this level of unconsciousness and repetition has a purpose in for your brain, for how your brain operates. Now, this exercise of starting to bring a heightened awareness to what comes out of your mind can be very significant in you figuring out how you do life. How do you do life? How do you operate in life? What's going on in the background? What's going on in stealth below the radar? Well, that's often the stuff that's in your subconscious and unconscious mind. That's really what it, it often is. So I, having done this exercise before on multiple occasions with different people, have at times been very surprised by things I have said. I, I have been. And I do talk about the subconscious, in the subconscious, unconscious mind podcast, things that I learned from doing work in that area, which were a big surprise or a total shock. So don't be surprised if some of the things that come out of your mouth, you kind of go, wow, did I really just say that? Ooh. Um, and maybe you won't be surprised. I'm just letting you know that I have been surprised and some of the people I've worked with have been surprised at the things that we say out loud. So the next little segment is just a tiny little piece I want to reinforce, which is not something I've talked about really in my podcast on using this language which is the predictive power of language. I've talked about empowering attitudes and beliefs in many, many podcasts, but inherent in this topic of figuring out what is it you're saying out loud that you may or may not be aware of is some predictive power in language. The earlier example I gave, if I meet my goal of versus when I meet my goal of, you can see that the statement saying, when I meet my goal has predictive power in it. That's predictive. What happens when you are predicting your future is your subconscious and unconscious mind get to work to make it come true. It's amazing. It, it's called the self-fulfilling prophecy. If you do it in the negative, where you're predicting a negative outcome or a negative goal or a negative end result, that's called the self-defeating prophecy. So when you use positive power, predictive language, your brain, that would be the subconscious and unconscious part of your mind, your, your mind gets to work on that. You won't know it because it's in the subconscious, unconscious mind. So <clears throat> I would much rather hear you say, when I meet my goal, as opposed to if I meet my goal, because of the power of your subconscious, unconscious mind util utilizing the self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, the, the statement, if I meet my goal, that's not predicting failure, it's not, I'm not saying that saying if I meet my goal is predicting failure. I am not saying that in any, in any capacity. I'm saying it's more powerful to say when and predict success. Much like those of you who've been following along for the last couple of years, I have been predicting that I'm going to have a great, amazing man in my life. And I am. 
And it's all in divine timing that he hasn't arrived yet, but he's coming for sure. It will happen, I promise you. So bringing an awareness to what you're saying out loud and what you're predicting for your future is exceptionally powerful. Now, earlier I was talking about the brain and energy conservation and doing things repetitively. And I want to add one other piece to the way that your brain works. What's very fascinating, I, I, I had included this in a speech I gave at, at a Toastmasters club that I was mentoring, oh, years ago. But it was really about the science where they took athletes and they hooked the athletes in a lab up to electrodes, you know, brain, heart, etc., pulse, you name it. And then they ask the athletes who are sitting in a chair to close their eyes and visualize themselves running a race or catching the football or whatever, some you know athletic event that they were engaged in. What was fascinating from the research was that their electronic responses, their heart rate, their pulse, their oxygen, all of their bodily responses hooked up to this you know, equipment was the same as if they were running the race or catching the ball or whatever whatever athletic event they were doing in their mind. Because the brain cannot tell the difference between real and imaginary events, which is shocking and stunning to me. I mean, I've known this for years, but I still find it a little shocking and stunning. Now, why does this matter in what I'm saying? Well, in the podcast titled The Power of Your Mind, I share some really significant research on how your brain changes your blood based on the imagery or perceptions in your mind. So what happens in your mind? Your brain is then going to take and use it to change your blood using affirmative, positive, predictive language in your speaking is not going to harm you in any way. It's just not, not going to harm you. At the same time, using powerful, positive, affir affirmative language will help you take advantage of not only the self-fulfilling prophecy, but building imagery in your mind. And it can help you in so many ways. I, I highly recommend positive, predictive language as opposed to namby-pamby. Well, if I get there, if I meet a man, if I get a girl, if, 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 you know, you can do that. Go right ahead. I understand the leap in thinking to go to a positive, predictive language when the event hasn't happened. I do understand that, people. <laughs> I'm well aware. <laughs> All right. So I have some final suggestions for this for this podcast. Not too many. I, I really do hope you will engage in this process because it's fascinating. And by the way, I talk to people every day and I am not pointing out to people, oh, that's a disempowering attitude or belief. Oh, are you self-critical? Oh, I no, I don't do that. I am in the moment sharing life with people, being with them. Every once in a blue moon, something someone says will kind of slap me in the face and shock me. And I'll say, oh, wow, are, are you thinking that? Or, you know, like, and I'll have a reaction, but not, not usually. So here's my suggestions. Number one, 
If you haven't listened to the podcasts I suggested, please go back and listen to them. Or if you've listened to them, go listen to them again. They are number one, your subconscious and unconscious mind. Number two, the power of your mind. Number three, influences on your thinking. Four, learning to control your mind. And five, empowering attitudes or beliefs. My second suggestion is that you go easy on yourself. This is not the time to beat yourself up. Or you may do that if you have to. If you must, I'm I'm just simply not a fan of that. I am really not a fan of that. I would recommend instead that you pick up the research... That from Carol Dweck that I introduced a few podcasts ago and adopt a growth mindset for yourself. That will give you a different result than a fixed mindset and you could bring a sense of wonder to this. You could, you could engage with the friend or one of your kids or whomever and they might say, oh, did you just say blah, blah, blah? And you go, oh, wow, yes, I think I did. And you know, like you could have a sense of wonder. You could bring some play. This doesn't have to be, I'm, not, I'm just not a fan of boring drudgery hard. Life is already hard enough. I don't need anything else to make life harder. So you could bring a sense of wonder. You could, you could really have a little bit of fun with this. Number three, put your focus on making your life amazing and beautiful. I understand that's a tall order. For many of you listening to this podcast, I understand the various positions people are in when they're listening to my content. People are all over the board. Some people's lives are in amazing shape. Many people's lives are not in amazing shape. But when you put the focus on creating a beautiful future for yourself, it does many things. One one thing it does is it helps put things in perspective. So you do want to set some goals and start taking actions towards those goals. It can help you be motivated. There's all kinds of benefits, and I have many podcasts that will help you to create a beautiful life for yourself. I, I just strongly recommend that. You have to live in the present time. You have to be present and be mindful, but you can do that and also have goals and be working on your beautiful future. Number four, I highly recommend ramping up love, affection, and happiness. Love, affection, and happiness can come from platonic relationships. You don't have to have the love of your life. You could. I mean, that would be great if that's what you want. Uh, but it, whether it's from a romantic or a platonic or both, having a boost in love, affection, and happiness will do wonders for you in many ways. And I have a lot of content on love, love and affection, and happiness. Number five, my last suggestion for you, is to learn emotional processing using my workbook. The workbook is free. It's not difficult. If it sounds like gibberish, that simply means this is a new frontier for your mind. If it sounds like, whoa, and you're going to go to sleep right away, stick with it. It simply means this is new material for you. This is a new, this is a new threshold you're stepping into. Read five minutes one day, give it to two day break, go back, read 10 minutes the next day. Stick with it. When something sounds like gibberish or foreign, it simply means it's beyond where we are right now. That's all that means. I am committed to you being happy, healthy, and well-loved. That's my commitment. 
for you. I don't know what your commitment is for yourself, but that's my commitment for you. And that is what my content is designed for, to help you be happy, be healthy, and be well-loved. What do you need? I don't know what you need. (laughs) I have no idea what you need. I would love to provide whatever you need if I could. How can I help you? I don't know that either. I'm doing the best I can. And of course, you know, some of my content is generated by people saying, hey, I, I need a I need a podcast on perfectionism, which I might do, by the way. Um, so my life is miraculous and beautiful, even though there are plenty of people who think my life sucks. That is not my that is not my problem, people. I mean it does it does give me a it does give me pause. But it also, because I know a little bit about psychology, a lot of that's projection. They just could not deal with my life and the problems and the traumas I've had. But my life is sweet, it's beautiful, and it's miraculous. And and I've had a life of hardship and a life of trauma. You can have both. They're not mutually exclusive unless you collapse them, in which case then you probably could only have one or the other. Or if you're an all or nothing thinker or you're black or white thinking, you're either life is beautiful or it sucks. I mean, I, I don't know. But I hope this has been helpful. I hope you will engage in this. Like, I, I, I hope you will engage with it and have a little fun with it because you could. And boy, you could really get some gems out of this. You really could. I really think you could get some amazing value from listening to yourself and it will be easier to have someone help you. I hope that's been helpful. I do love you. Hang in there for now. That's all. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 208. Listen to what you're saying. I certainly hope you're going to bring a new awakening and a new awareness to the things that come out of your mouth. Maybe you won't be surprised, but I know I have been. Please share this podcast on social media so you can be on the team of helping people have a happier, healthier life where they are well-loved. I do love you. That's it for now.